I'm back with Max's Midweek Morning Market Mania. As you guys know, Juneteenth was Monday, so the markets were closed. So I'm coming at you. You guys are listening to this on June 22nd, Wednesday. Uh, I'm recording this on Tuesday. Looks like the markets are going to end pretty high in the green today. And they're rebounding after some catastrophic sell-offs. In 10 days, we saw the S&P 500 from June 6th to June 16th. It shaved off 12%. 12%. And it's even worse in crypto. Crypto has just been absolutely pummeled. Multiple di different fears. First of all, the Federal Reserve and their, their quantitative tightening, you know, they're raising interest rates. They're pulling money out of the system. This is scaring investors all around. People want certainty. People want liquidity. So they're going to dollars. Nobody wants Bitcoin right now because it's so volatile and it's, it's going down. It looks like the end is in sight. It looks like shit is just hitting the fan. And Bitcoin going down to $17,600, that is horrendous. That's, a, that's over a 70% drop from the peak of over 65000 Absolutely catastrophic. Ethereum down 82% from its all-time highs. Honestly, I didn't, I didn't think I'd be reporting on this in 2022. I did not think it would get this bad. I knew a crypto winter was... Not really imminent, but I knew it was inevitable. I figured we would run up a little bit more, but maybe that was just me being too bullish. You know, we got record inflation still, and people, they don't want dollars, but it seems like they do because, as I just said, people want certainty, they want liquidity. Even though the U.S. dollar is losing 8.6% in purchasing power every single year, people are still flocking to it. It's better than Bitcoin. I mean, if you bought Bitcoin at the top, you're down like 74% or something. But if you put your money in dollars, I mean, you still have those dollars. I mean, they might not be able to buy as many goods, but holding dollars has pretty much done better than any financial asset in the last, you know, six months or so. Uh, the S&P 500 peaked in early January, and since then, it's shaved off $9 trillion. Can you guys believe that? Great, the global financial crisis, or the great financial crisis, whatever it's called, the GFC, uh, in 2008, S&P 500 lost like $8 trillion. So we're in some pretty scary territory. We're in bear market territory, and we are we're being told by this administration that we're not going to enter a recession, but every piece of evidence points exactly towards recession. And we're overdue. Everything is... It is one big culmination of disastrous financial policy, inflation, shortages, and things are just not looking that good. I wish I was reporting sunshine and rainbows to you guys, as I always say. But I do have one piece of good news for you. Gas is down four cents. Sorry, I know it's not that good of news. National average was $5.01 last time I reported it, and it's now... $4.97. So we, we still got high gas prices. I don't see them coming down too much anytime soon. These, these shortages with oil, this, this is, it's, it's cyclical. And it takes a while to, to pan out. And we, we will see what happens with that. I'm not going to pretend like I know because, you know, I, I don't know. I, I analyze all this information and I, I have fun with it. I try to spread the information, hopefully encourage other people to 
seek ideas and uh, solutions and do whatever they can to protect their own financial future. Sometimes it's through investing, sometimes it's through paying off debt, sometimes it's through building equity in a property, real estate investing, crypto investing, trading, this, that, or the other. We all got our own ways to make money and I do think finance needs to be a part of every single person's life because the government is not there to save us. Social security is not something we can count on. Pension funds are a thing of the past and our economic outlook seems like a disaster, very gloomy. So we need to take control. We need to do everything we can to educate ourselves and prepare for this crazy financial future. So Bitcoin, man, I honestly love seeing it. It's at 21,000 now, so it rebounded a little bit, but I love seeing it down here because I'm really bullish on the technology. And for those who aren't too familiar with the technology, it's a decentralized digital currency and it, it requires proof of work in order for it to exist. So you need to mine a Bitcoin using electricity and electricity isn't free. And that's what they mean by proof of work. You're using that electricity to aid and help out the blockchain and help it form. And uh, you could probably seek a better explanation from a blockchain engineer, but I keep it simple here at Max's midweek morning market mania. So I love the technology. And if you thought buying Bitcoin at 65,000 was a good idea, I mean, <laughs> at 17,000, it's, it's like four times as good of an idea, give or take on the math, of course. But you guys get the point. One Bitcoin, it's going to be one Bitcoin no matter what. It's one Bitcoin at 65,000. It's one Bitcoin at 17,000. The value proposition in Bitcoin was there when Bitcoin was 40 cents. The value proposition of Bitcoin will be there when Bitcoin is 40,000. The value proposition will remain there when Bitcoin is 400,000. Unless something really bad happens and ruins it for all of crypto, I'm not sure. But what started all of this sell-off? So it got a lot worse last week and Bitcoin was just in the shitter. You guys might have heard Celsius, it's this uh, crypto exchange and they have their own network. They actually halted all transfers and withdrawals. withdrawals. So if you had money in there, you know, you trust this institution. Obviously, it's not regulated by the federal, gov federal government or anything, but you have trust in this financial institution. Maybe you have 25% of your net worth in it, and maybe you're holding it in Bitcoin, maybe a stable coin, whatever it is. You weren't able to access it. Now, I'm not sure if they, eventually they, they would put the withdrawals back in, I am not sure I didn't follow up on it because usually those things are short-lived and this was out of fear of a liquidity crisis. If, if, there, if the crypto got low enough, then it would force liquidations because margin accounts would be, would, you know, the, the margin that it's basically borrowed money that you invest with. And if that borrowed, if the collateral for that borrowed money decreases in value so much to the point where you won't be able to pay back your debts, it'll force liquidation. And they were worried about that at Celsius. So they halted withdrawals, withdrawals. 
And that sent a panic into the markets. And actually something else that happened just the other day, I found this to be particularly interesting. So decentralized finance, you'll hear a lot about this in the future, DeFi and dApps. So a dApp, D-A-P-P, yeah, D-A-P-P. So it's a, it's a decentralized app. So on the Solana network, there is a decentralized, uh, uh, you know, a, a DAP, whatever, whatever it is. I, I didn't look into it that much. I'm not on the Solana network, but it's called Solend, and it's you can lend money, you can borrow money, you can invest and earn, you know, a, an APY, whatever the percentage yield is. Well, they have one big whale in there holding a lot of the Solana and it was so big to the point where if they were to liquidate it would destroy the market it, it it wouldn't be able to handle it there wouldn't be enough liquidity so what they actually did was they took it into their own hands and keep in mind people love crypto because it's decentralized finance well how is this for decentralized so the the people in Solend they came together and they voted and that's kind of how they do it in the in these decentralized finance protocols and whatnot, they put it to a vote to take control of that whale's account. And it was millions, millions of dollars in Solana. I think it was 5.7 million. So there, you can read on it on CNBC posted a headline and Coindesk posted a, a headline, Solana DeFi platform votes to control whale account in bid to avoid liquidation chaos. Users voted to grant emergency powers to temporarily take over the whale's account. So the vote passed and they succeeded in uh, you know, getting the votes to take control of the account, which is communist shit. That's someone else's wallet. That's someone else's money. That's like Justin Trudeau shutting down your bank account, canceling your insurance, and you know, uh, turning off people's crypto wallets because they donated $10 to the trucker campaign. You remember the truckers? They, they were standing for medical freedom. They opposed forced vaccinations. And, you know, you, you got penalized if you donated to that. And it's a darn shame because, you know, it makes you think your money is only one emergency away from being someone else's money. That's basically what it was. Trudeau, he declared an emergency. Whatever the reason was, he, he chose to shut off people's access to their bank accounts. And that's kind of what happened on the Solana network or in Solend. And so it's funny because after that happened, they didn't do anything with it. And then there was so much backlash because that's communist shit, obviously. And... Then a new proposal was introduced to overturn that previous ruling, and it, vo it received almost a unanimous vote, over 99%. So that Wales account did not get anything force liquidated or anything like that, and so it, it's not really a happy ending. I, I guess it's a happy ending, but now we know that they can just take it to a vote and control your money. And that might not be the case on every single platform, but it's at least something to think about. So that's kind of interesting in crypto. What's up, Bryant? My buddy just walked by, had to say hello to him.
Apologies, anyone listening? So what else interesting happened? Uh, Ethereum, she went under 900 bucks and it was as high as 4,891 not too long ago. 82% from its all-time high. Altcoins, they're, they're, even, they're trading even further away from their all-time highs. You know, they got a smaller market cap. They're more susceptible to, you know, price movements. Uh, let's see, what else? My favorite inflation hedges, gold and silver, trading flat. They're not hedging against inflation. I mean, they're holding their value. They've been trading down flat to shitty for a couple years, but uh, I mean, at least they're not crashing like Bitcoin. I'm, I'm a fan of both. I'm a fan of the idea if you don't hold it, you don't own it. You can own gold on paper. You can own Bitcoin in your, uh, let's, say, let's say the Celsius wallet. But if, if they go bankrupt, then you don't own it anymore. So I like to hold it. I hold the gold, hold the, the crypto in a cold wallet. That way there's no counterparty risk because you can't trust anybody nowadays. So in four times in history, Bitcoin has crashed 80% or more. So people are wondering, you know, what's the bottom? Is it 17,000? Did it already bottom? Is it going to go down to 13,000? Is it going to go down to 10,000? I don't know. I, I think it'll keep going down more, but I'm not really counting on it. Actually, I'm counting on it. Yeah, screw it. I'm counting on it because things are not looking pretty and things take years to, to pan out. And all this uncertainty in the markets, I think we're, all, we're only in the second, third, maybe fourth inning of it. Hopefully, we're that far into it. The Great Depression lasted you know, over a couple decades. I don't know how long this mess can last, but... I don't think we've seen the end of it. Maybe we'll get a dead cat bounce. That means uh, it's kind of like a fake out, like, oh, we hit the bottom, we're going up, psych, and then back down. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm still a buyer of crypto at these lower prices. Uh, so the Federal Reserve, they're planning on raising interest rates. They're talking about 75 basis point hikes for the federal funds rate. Which is which? All the other in, uh, financial instruments like treasuries, the thirty-year, the ten-year, uh, all those uh, bonds and stuff—they're all kind of based off of the Fed funds rate. And as that goes up, the other interest rates will go up. So we're going to see affordability in housing go down. And I'm not talking about because of the prices. I'm talking about because of the mortgage payments. Some people locked in a two point seven five percent thirty-year mortgage not too long ago. And now they're looking at 6%. So it is a lot more expensive. And I want to do a podcast on this soon. I'm going to bring on a guy who, he's a trusted mortgage lender of mine. He knows about the business. And I want to dissect exactly the costs that change your, your mortgage payments as rates go up. If I were to have locked in 2%, 3%, on a $300,000 house a year ago, what would my payments be versus locking in a 6% mortgage on a $300,000 house today? So that can spark a decrease in demand in the housing market. And that basically will mean that the amount of buyers decreases, 
and whatever happens to the sellers, maybe they decrease too, maybe they increase, but long story short, there's less demand. And typically when there's less demand, the price goes down. And honestly, it would be pretty good if the price went down because young people are essentially priced out of the housing market. They're priced out and that's not good for the economy. It's good for, you know, your parents or, uh, or maybe you own a house. It's, it's definitely good for the homeowners because the $200,000 house they bought three years ago is worth two ninety now or whatever. So it's not good for the little guy though. Now we don't know what's going to happen back in the day. People got mortgages over 15%, maybe even as high as 20%. And you can't think about it exactly. You got to, you got to think about the differences between then and now, then that house that maybe right now is worth 300 K that house might've been worth 60,000. So the interest payments, they don't burden you as much because the price of the house is much smaller. Interest on a million dollar house is a lot more than interest on a hundred thousand dollar house. Same in percentage terms, but the dollar amount is goes up. So we're going to see what happens with that. One thing I wanted to touch on before we wrap it up, uh, as I said, with what Justin Trudeau did, you know, the, the leader in Canada, he shut off people's banks. This crypto DeFi platform basically just, they made it, they showed that it was possible to just hijack this guy's wallet. And I don't know what they were going to do with it. I think they had a plan to slowly liquidate so that there wasn't any crazy margin call. But one way or another, they're getting control of your shit. And I'm opposed to that. And... This is how I think this will be relevant to all of us in the coming years, probably in the next 36 months or so, maybe even sooner. Central bank digital currencies. You're going to hear a lot about that. And my opinion on them, long story short, my opinion on them is bad because it gives our rulers, the people in charge, it gives them ultimate power. It is, it is a tyrant's wet dream to have a central bank digital currency. That way, you know, oh, if you, if you supported uh, medical freedom, you know, not rather than, you know, forced vaccinations, they can just shut off your bank. Oh, yeah, it's a central bank digital currency. We control all of it. A few keystrokes, boom, your money doesn't work anymore. It's easy. It's easy. It's efficient. And it is a tyrant's wet dream. And we don't want that to happen. In China, we see a social credit score system being implemented and... It is just a slippery slope. It'll make these, a central bank digital currency, they'll use it to, they'll sell you on it. Like, oh, get your Federal Reserve wallet app or whatever, and we'll just give you a thousand bucks every month or whatever. Oh, but you know, that money, it can only go here. It can't go there. You might not be able to invest it. You might only be able to uh, buy food with it. And it sounds good. I mean, I, nothing sounds that bad about that, but you got to think about the consequences and the consequences are we've seen, look at all this inflation. We had stimulus checks a couple years ago and now we've got $5 a gallon gas. Now we can't afford to go to the grocery store. So ask yourself, do you, do you think it's productive to just give everyone free money? You can't print money. Money is a tool to represent economic output. 
I performed a service. I provided value. And that value is being represented by a dollar bill or several dollar bills or whatever. You can't create it out of thin air without messing up the system. And you'll also probably start hearing about rent controls and price controls. That shit doesn't work. It didn't work in any other country. It didn't work in the past. And it probably won't work in the future. So be aware of central bank digital currencies. We're going to be hearing more about them. They, at the Federal Reserve, they talked about implementing that earlier this year. Nothing big has been set in stone, but that is the point of no return. That is the point where we don't have freedom anymore. That is the point where they pretty much have ultimate control. And if you guys are like me and you don't trust these people that are running the show, then don't give in to their shit. Don't eat up all their bullshit that they're throwing at you. They tell you, oh, central bank digital currency, it's good. Don't buy into it. I don't trust these people. I don't know if you do or not, but make smart decisions, people. I'll see you guys next week on Max's Morning Market Mania. 